Welcome to the Ginger Bets Be Good Golf Betting Podcast. Well, firstly, a warm welcome to all the new listeners that tuned in last week. Um, it was as if by magic, but we managed to reach quite a few new members last week. Well, not members, but uh, new uh, listeners to the podcast last week, uh, both in the USA, the UK, and some parts of Europe. So obviously really grateful for that. And for regular listeners, uh, thank you for your feedback over the past few weeks. One of the points that you had mentioned to me was you felt that the podcast was getting slightly too long, uh, certainly when you're just listening to one voice, and it can be an annoying one at that sometimes, my work colleagues will tell you, I'm sure. But uh, no, really appreciate the feedback, and this week I aim to bring you the podcast episode in circa 20 minutes, 21 minutes maybe maximum. So that doesn't allow me much time, so it may mean I have to speed up uh, as I'm doing now. But thank you, and if you uh, are are a a listener now, and um, it'd be great if you can leave some comments, feedback on the social media channels, and most importantly, my biggest request would be, can you share the podcast with like-minded golf fans and uh, individuals that love their golf betting and golf in general? I hope that uh, they would get some insights from the podcast. So as we reviewed last week, a few notable mentions, no success stories to, to shout about, but a few notable mentions. Brooks Kepka was mentioned as uh, being slightly uh, wrongly priced compared to some of the players in the price range that, that he was 40 and 50 to 1. He, he had far more class than some of the players in that price range and he duly rewarded backers. We actually tipped him up two weeks ago on the podcast at Pete Dye course. When I'd done some research, I felt that his uh, game was bubbling under the surface and a breakout uh, week was on the cards. We happened to miss it, unfortunately, but he was, and this is why I will repeat it time and time again, golf markets react to recent form way too much. Jordan Spieth this week is 25 to 1. That is nonsense, guys. Don't back it. It's a worse bet than Xander was last week because Lee Xander had a chance of winning. I just don't think he had a 12% chance of winning, and I thought the 8 to 1 was ridiculous. He will go off at that price again and again and again. I encourage listeners, avoid Xander at those prices. Wait till he gets to above 20 to 1 again, and then might be the time to dial into him. I'm not saying he's not a good player. Jordan Speed, 25 to 1 this week, having been 150 to 1 for maybe the last three or four months, and 100 to 1 with sports books, realistically, 100 to 1 with eight places, exchanges 151. That is too big a change on the back of one good week. It wasn't even a good week, guys. Let me point these things out to you. His result was good. His result was good. His performance was close to shocking still. If he didn't put put lights out and didn't have one of the best ever in the history of the PGA Tour approach games from the rough in round three when he shot 10 under. He wouldn't have been in the golf tournament and as it was he wasn't really in it anyway on Sunday because he was a nightmare. So look I promise you that there will always be these insights that I bring you on the podcast. There's hours of research that goes into it and if you don't even follow the outright selections that's why I encourage you to listen to the full podcast to pick up these little snippets that might help you with your DraftKings selection and your outright selections. As ever this week, we're going to do a few things. We're going to review the key statistics that are going to um, give the winner a chance come Sunday. We're going to review the top, the middle, the bottom of the market, and we're going to bring you our three or four selections. This week, I have four selections for you, 
and one headline selection in that top of the range price band high up the uh, the um the board this week headline selection at the 18 to 1 mark i'm really excited to bring you it i've been having my uh, computer refreshing the odds checker market since lunchtime today uh, awaiting the price i've got some 27 and 28 to 1 on betfair and i'm now dialed in to the 18 to 1 with the sports books so let's get on with this week's episode so we head to another coastal event this week having been at tory pines recently and then dj the favorite for this week's event over at saudi arabia on the gulf coast there last week winning the tournament he comes from one coast to another and aiming to go back to back with victories and he has a very high chance of doing so but we'll cover that more off uh, in the latter sections of this podcast so in terms of the course this week, we've got the events usually played over three courses at the, at the Pebble Beach Golf Links. However, this week it will only be played over the two. And that's the Pebble Beach main course, which is used for US Opens in the past, and also Spyglass Hill. So it'll be played over just the two courses. Three rounds will be played on the more difficult Pebble Beach main uh, host course. So it's important to bear in mind that this week the track is quite short. Long hitting isn't something that we have to build into our models or only consider players that hit it large distances off the tee. So we can consider all different types of players this week. So it's going to be a short course. It's going to require lots of greens in regulation. Um, if the wind gets up, that is the best defense of a course like this. If the wind doesn't get up, the event will be very low scoring. And critically, when making your final selections this week, pay attention to Poana Green putting stats. The event will be played on Poana Greens, so please do pay attention to that. Let's get in now to look at the key statistics and the key stats that will determine the winner this week. As I've just touched upon, one of the few weeks on tour where driving distance isn't one of the key stats that we're going to look at. So what are the key stats for me this week? Well, ball striking as a whole will be really important. Why? Because it's played on the coast, the winds can get up and the greens are extremely small. So therefore, ball striking approach play in general is going to be an important uh, skill set and one that I've considered. There are four key considerations for me this week. So overall ball striking approach play. We'll class that as one. Around the greens, and scrambling because again class that as one due to the fact that the greens are very small and therefore it's natural that even when playing well you're going to miss a few third putting on poana greens i want to see people that have put well on poana greens consistently an example of somebody who's an amazing putter uh, i slag him off all the time as a golfer but he's an incredible putter ricky fowler doesn't translate his putting performance onto the Poana greens. And the fourth and final thing this week, really important stat for me this week, greens in regulation. As I've touched upon, the greens are extremely small. Therefore, those players that can put less stress on their short game and have some easy two puts on small greens, you're naturally going to roll in the odd birdie because you're going to be putting from close to that pin regardless of where you land it. So they're the four key things for me. Overall ball striking, strokes gained around the green, putting on Poana greens and green in regulation strikes. I consider uh, those the four main things for me this week.
So Dustin Johnson heads the market at 7-2, to 4-1 favourite and he is quite rightly the favourite for this event this week. Why? Because he's coming off the back of a win in Saudi Arabia where his BC game was able, uh, was able to get him over the line. He also has eight top 10s in 13 visits with two victories at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am Tournament. It's fair to say DJ likes this place, he likes the coastal events, he puts the Poana really well and he is quite rightly the favourite this week. In this top section we've got the favourite Dustin all the way down to 25 to 1 this week unlike usually where I'd cover off up until 20 to 1 I'm going to cover off up until 25 to 1 and that includes the likes of Jordan Spieth. So at the top of the market we have DJ Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, Paul Casey, Will Zalatorius and Jordan Spieth. As I've said, DJ has the most obvious chance without doubt of winning this golf tournament, but he won't be for me this week and he also won't be for me in DraftKings lineups. I'll look for DJ to have a poor week and therefore uh, cost a lot of people in DraftKings lineups who have high ownership of him. So I'll look to fade the field and for outright selections, I much prefer to make my headline pick the same price for a top eight finish as DJ has to has to do to win. And my headline pick this week, without doubt, will be Daniel Berger. He has two top tens here with a fifth and a tenth on his only visit. He's coming in on decent form and Daniel Berger is someone I really like. I've got high hopes for him in 2021. He really needs to make this Ryder Cup team and it'll be a real goal of his. He's definitely not guaranteed an automatic pick as we speak. He'll be wanting to stay on Steve Stricker's radar for sure. And getting a win here will certainly help him do that. So I have really high hopes for Daniel Berger this week. And he is my headline selection without a shadow of a doubt. Others to note in this section, as I've said, Paul Casey, Will Zalatorius and Jordan Spieth. For DraftKings purposes, I'd be happy to fade both uh, Paul Casey and Will Zalatoris especially. He will be so popular. He is the talk of the town, the most top 10s in 2020, the most top 10s other than Tony Finau in the last 20 tournaments. He's the talk of the town. It's a matter of time before he wins, according to some, but I'm happy to be on board when he's above 25 to 1. The other one to fade this week. If you do nothing else in this podcast, please listen to these comments. As I said last week about Xander Schauffele, he is overpriced by the betting market. There is a complete overreaction to Jordan Spieth's performance last week. His stats were awful. His result was good, but his performance wasn't that great. It didn't really answer many of the questions of, can he drive it straighter and more consistently? Can he put a not three put, uh, a missed short puts uh, more consistently? He missed eagle puts from four foot. He missed birdie puts from four foot at key stages in this tournament. His game was awful. He got a lot of luck from the the way that the ball lay uh, in the desert and in some of the cactus and things like that. He's such an overreaction this week. 25 to 1. Avoid at all costs and DraftKings and also avoid as an outright selection. He will back be 100 to 1 in three or four weeks' time without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not sure he'll ever win another golf tournament. But I've said this about other people and I'll probably say it again about Ricky Fowler on this podcast because he's another that won't win. So at the top of the market, the main and headline selection for me this week without a shadow of a doubt is Daniel Berger. And for those that are wanting to play DraftKings, the players that I'd be looking to avoid will be Will Zalatorius, 
Paul Casey and DJ. DJ because he'll be owned naturally because he's the outright favourite and Zalatorius and Casey because they're coming off the back of recent wins, Paul Casey and also Zalatorius, the stats and the constant message that's around social media gives me enough reason to avoid them for the big GPP tournaments that I'm looking to take down. Let's move on to that mid-range section. 25 to 1 to 50 to 1 section plenty of players in this bracket i'm just going to name a few of them but uh, jason day siwoo kim sam burns ricky fowler kevin streelman max homer uh, phil mickelson uh, brendan Steele, all as short as or in that 25 to 1 to 50 to 1 bracket i'm going to pick out of a few and bring uh, bring you my thoughts first off jason day uh, Jason Day, six top tens at this event uh, in, in the last eight appearances. And four of those, four uh, top fives in the past four. So he really likes this setup um, and really likes this event. But there are some changes to the event this year. We're only playing over the two courses, not the three courses. There'll be no amateurs playing in the pro-am side of things. So... Um, I'm not actually sure if there isn't any uh, amateurs. I'm just assuming that, actually. Um, so I, I might look uh, uh, silly, actually, as this podcast is released. Uh, I'm not going to check uh, uh, into that just now. Uh, but, yeah, Day has a really good record here, but I'm just not uh, confident in putting him up at 25-1. to 1. Um, I'd, I, Yeah, not at all. Um, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes close uh, this week for a few reasons. He really likes the course, and he's proven that. The field isn't as strong um, as it usually can be at this event. It's not notoriously a, a strong field, but it, it feels really weak to me this week with only you know, two players um, or three players under that 20 to 1 price bracket where usually you'd have five or six players in that region. Um, so I do, really, I do think that uh, he could easily sneak into the places, but he wouldn't be for me this week. Siwoo Kim, he's really in uh, hot form. And as I mentioned before, uh, anyone who tuned into the podcast earlier in the year, he was the obvious selection for, for the Pete Dye uh, course uh, three weeks back now. I even joked about it in the start of the podcast. Everyone will be on Siwoo. The whole industry will be on him. I won't be for that reason. He goes and strolls to, to victory. So Siwoo is in great form and I wouldn't put you off him at all. One that has taken my attention uh, in this uh, section though, and he will be my second selection this week. I have him at 70 to 1 and 75 to 1 win only, and I've snapped up some 50 to 1 with eight places. He's already been backed into 40 to 1 in others. He outperforms the field by one stroke strokes gained across the board of driving, approach play, putting, and around the green. On average, he gains one stroke across the field every round he plays in those categories at Pebble Beach, and that is Kevin Streelman. So my second selection this week, available at 50 to 1 each way, will be Kevin Streelman. Others to note in this section, though, for sure, and have chances Sam Burns, I've been on him the last few weeks and um, I'm just going to avoid him this week. I've got really high hopes for Sam uh, this year, but uh, going to give him a pass this week. Cameron Davis uh, hits the ball miles. Not sure that this is the course for him, so again, other tests. Ricky, guys, you all know my thoughts on Ricky. He's one day going to pop up and bite me in the bum like Xander nearly did last week, but Ricky, he might ne he'll never win another golf tournament. 
never. He's, he's gone at the game. Uh, Max Homer showed some really good form last week. So, again, wouldn't put you off him. For DraftKings purposes, Homer, Streelman, Burns, Siwoo Kim. I wouldn't mind them being any of my teams, guys. But for an outright selection, they just didn't quite feel right or fell down in certain areas. Um, but uh, certainly uh, wouldn't rule you out uh, selecting Norlander, uh, Homer, Davis, Burns or Kim. Let's get on now to that big price section and bring you my final two picks for the AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach this week. So there are so many players that we can talk about in this 50 to 1 and above range. Um, probably 80, 90 players in, in total here. So I'm going to concentrate on only the ones that I have an interest in for betting purposes, the picks and some DraftKings thoughts. So the third pick this week, and I'm quite excited about this, this player. Um, he was in my DraftKings teams last week and... Um, I'm confident that he can they can make a good run at decent odds this week and he's available at 80 to 1. He's been backed in was available at 90 uh, and 100 to 1 earlier today. Wyndham Clark is my third selection this week. So 18th two visits to the course, uh, made the cut and average performance the first year, 18th last year, improving as a golfer, played well last week. Uh I like his attitude and I think these are the types of events that players like him see as a real opportunity to get the win uh, and cement their tour status, their chances to play in the WGC events and the majors throughout the year. And also noticeable with Wyndham is his putting stats on Poano Greens over the last 24, 50 rounds are in the top 10, 15% on tour. So really uh, good putting stats on the Poana Green. So third selection this week, Wyndham Clark. I'm gonna now just quickly before bring you the fourth and final selection of the week, touch on a few players that um, that for DraftKings purpose, purposes, I'd uh, strongly consider this week. So Matthew Naismith uh, made my DraftKings lineups last week, was 6,400 or, or dollars, really low price. He's uh, been backed in the betting market this week, uh, tied 11th here last year, playing w a lot better golf and more consistent. He's someone that could get hot, maintain his current form and challenge those places. Wouldn't put people off an outright selection, but certainly wouldn't put them off DraftKings lineups, including him. And also, Russell Knox. Uh, I'm just always a fan of Russell on these shorter tracks, um, windier tracks, the greening regulations, an important stat. Uh, driving distance isn't a key stat. These are the types of tracks that I like, Russell. I do have a bit of a bias towards him. I go back to him uh, quite often. So, you know, for outright purposes, he's not a selection this week, but certainly will make up some of my DraftKings lineups. I promised I'd get this done in 20 minutes this week. I'm going to slightly overrun, but I think it's been a great effort. The fourth and final selection this week is... Harold Varner III, available 80 to 1 with eight places at William Hill. He will be my fourth selection this week. He's the type of player that I like on courses like this. He has the ability to go low, and this week, if the wind doesn't get up, scoring will be low, despite the harder test of the Pebble Beach South, or South, the main course at Pebble Beach being played on three occasions. So, this week, my final and fourth selection will be Harold Varner. 
each way. So to wrap up, we have headline selection. And for those looking to play at the top of the market, Daniel Berger, I cannot see him out of the eight places this week. We then have coming in with the outright selections, Harold Varner the third, 80 to one. Wyndham Clark available at 90 to one. 90 to 1. Vindham will be my biggest payout this week if I'm successful in getting him over the line um, for sure. So, um, uh, you know, he's one that, um, that I've got high hopes for. And the fourth and final selection this week in that mid range select, um, package is Kevin Streelman. Really good course record here, really good putting stats on the Poana. And uh, someone that coming in off a good performance last week on a course that probably didn't suit. Uh, he has gone under the radar for me, would be 50 to 1, 60 to 1 standard at this event. Weaker field, come in with a bit of form, uh, proven at the, uh, at the track, he, he, he is a, a confident uh, selection at 40 to 1. Thank you for listening, guys. Really hope you enjoyed the Shorter Perform podcast. Please do retweet, share the love on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you might see this posted later this week. Uh, all retweets and shares are appreciated. It'd be great to get the listeners up, especially in the UK. And um, thank you. And hopefully this week we will have a winner with Daniel Berger, Harold Varner III, Wyndham Clark or Kevin Streelman. Thank you for listening. If nothing else, be good.